Hey, welcome to Advent Christian Voices with the Research Podcast. I am your host, Eric Reynolds, and I'm joined by everyone's favorite communications director, Flash, church health guy, Grandmaster Flash, Justin Nash. We are seeking to lead the discussion while providing practical advice on church health among Advent Christian churches. What up, Jay Nash? Hey, happy to be here. Happy to be alive? That's our new phrase that we have stolen. Our, our new phrase that we have stolen from uh, Andy Rice. Yeah. yeah. So we shout are out, asking, shout out to Andy for the for the great words. Hashtag Andy Rice, um, the next president of Berkshire. I don't know. At the rate that um, Andy doesn't Andy doesn't take the reins over uh, Bix until I think the mid or, or end of September, and um, at the rate that that Tom is is putting these podcasts out. It could be Christmas by the time people hear this podcast. So he very well might be the president of Bix at the point that uh, people hear this podcast. So um, Justin, would you like to share today who this uh, podcast is brought to our listeners by? <laughs> so uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Advent Christian Witness Magazine, uh, particularly our current issue out on caring for us. Uh, and we are running a special. If you are not a subscriber and would like to subscribe to the to the witness, we will give you a free int- an introductory not a free, but we'll give you a special introductory rate of twelve dollars a year, which is four dollars off the regular price of so sixteen dollars a year. You can just email me at jnash at acgc.us for details. Kaching! I say kaching. That, no, I mean, no one's making money on this thing. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you guys work tirelessly. Shout out to Kara. I don't think I ever have met her, um, but I get to hang out with you all the time. But shout out to Kara and Justin for putting together this magazine. It's, it's fantastic. And thank you guys for all your hard work. You're welcome. All right. Well, now that we've got the shameless plug uh, out of the way, what is our topic for today, Justin? We're going to continue this series of pastoral health, and today we're going to talk about self-care for the pastor, how a pastor can take care of himself emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Okay. Um, I do all of these very poorly, so this should be a fun podcast. <laughs> so, Justin... Yeah, well, you're, 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 a te- you're a teacher. Do as I say, not as I do. So it's... I mean, that's, that's kind of how I roll, you know, uh, but... Maybe you can help me and admonish me throughout this podcast uh, and, and make me care for myself better. How's that? Mm, okay. All right. I'll try. All right. So, Justin. I'll try. Justin, what can a pastor do to care for himself? Well, I think one thing that I would just say is you, the pastor does have to think of himself sort of holistically. So, we really are talking about the physical, the spiritual, the emotional that that they look. And I think there's different things you can do for each of those. I mean, I think in the physical realm, pastor, you know, pastoral ministry can in a lot of ways be a very sedentary kind of existence. You you're sitting down, you're studying all the time, preparing for sermons or whatever, you're driving to go visit people, you're sitting while you're visiting people. So I think just kind of a simple thing that pastors can do that can make a huge difference is uh, is just get some exercise. Find something you like to do and make a commitment to go out and do it on a regular basis. 
just move around some. If you know, if you like to walk, walk. If you like to ride a bike, ride a bike. If you like to bowl or play golf or whatever, but just find something you can do physically to get you out, get you moving. And exercise can make a tremendous difference in your overall health and your mental well-being as well. Justin, but, I don't have time for that. I get sure. in the office. I get in the office at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm here till. Uh, five o'clock at night, I go home for dinner for five 30. I'm back in the office at six 30 for, for a meeting. And then I'm home about nine o'clock. I don't have time to, to do those things. Well, I, what I would say to the, to that is a couple of things. Number one, I think, um, you have time for whatever you make time for. So it becomes a matter of priorities. Mm-hmm. Number two, you look for opportunities and exercise is great for this where you can multitask. Uh, you can actually like, I know a pastor that he goes to the gym to work out, but he is constantly doing ministry while he's there. He's constantly meeting new people, ministering to people while he's on the treadmill or the bike or the weight machine or whatever. So you can, if you're, if you're on the treadmill or just outside taking a walk, Mm -hmm. take your phone, take a podcast, you can make calls while you're doing stuff like that. So it, it, it really becomes a matter of priorities of understanding, yeah, this is important, but then also looking for those opportunities where you can multitask and something like that. So it, it is something that can make a huge difference, uh, particularly in a culture like ours. And, and eating healthy, well, that's you have time for that. Everybody's going to make time to eat. So the difference between a double cheeseburger and large fries and a salad, that's pretty easy. To, to make those decisions like that. So physically they can care for themselves that way. And, and I think you, you have time for what you make time for. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you can't go to, can't exercise every day, but you can exercise consistently. Mm-hmm. Pastors have some flexibility in their schedule generally and, and allows them to the time to do things like this. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. And of course I, I was creating a scenario that it um, isn't my scenario, you know, when I was mm-hmm. saying getting to it, but uh, that's true for a lot of pastors. And I'm sympathetic for, for all the guys out there that, that are, you know, busting their hump like that. But I think uh, in a sense, when, when you believe that you have to do all of those things, one, I mean, if you're working that much, um, if there's that much ministry going on in the church, then you probably need some help. Maybe you need to talk to your church about hiring some more staff or, um, maybe you need to hand some of those things off to people. We we're just talking about Tom um, earlier. And I don't think he'll, he'll mind me mentioning this, but uh, how, it, you know, he's talking about how he can um, divvy up some of the work that he has at Advent Christian Voices with the different things. And he said, you know, it's just, it takes me less time just to do it than train someone on how to do it. And that's good and great. But the problem with that is that now we're hoarding all the, all the stuff. We're not, we're not, we're not equipping anyone to do ministry. We're just trying to do it all ourselves. And that's, I think that's robbing blessings from people. That's robbing them from being discipled. And it could be a great opportunity to teach people how to do the things that maybe you don't need to do um, because you need to care for yourself physically, spiritually, and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think it carries over. So that's the sort of basic physical stuff, but I think spiritually, one of the things a pastor can, can do and ought to do is and this is can be really difficult to separate out your devotional time with the Lord from your preparation time 
for what you're doing for the rest of ministry. I think it's really important to have that personal dedicated time and not, not say, well, I've, you know, I just spent three hours preparing my sermon. That's my, my time with the Lord. It is, but it's a different kind of time. It's qualitatively different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose of it's different. So I think spiritually making sure that you have, have that time and, and your discipline to do that. I think also spiritually speaking, having people who come alongside of you and pray for you and pray with you and hold you accountable to spiritual things is, is such an important piece of it as well. So on the, on sort of the spiritual part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we hit on this, I think in the previous podcast, maybe it was the one before that, but making sure you're taking vacation time, um, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. If your church offers three weeks, take three weeks. If your church offers four or five weeks, take, take uh, advantage of that. Um, because you need that time. You need that time away to unplug. I was talking with a friend of mine who recently took a sabbatical and he was saying it was a three month sabbatical and it took him a month to fully unplug mm-hmm. from the church. It took him a month and he really, he's, he's gone back into, uh, into the pastorate after that three months with so much more enthusiasm. It's almost as if he's a whole new person. Mm-hmm. So, that's encouraging. And I'm not someone who's, who's high on, on sabbaticals. I know in the most recent article or excuse me, the, the most recent AC witness um, Alves writes about uh, the importance of sabbaticals. And I think he makes some good points. I, and, I, and I read his two books um, that he has published on it. And I didn't necessarily uh, agree with the reasoning, you know, saying, you know, uh, making the comparison to uh, giving your fields a break. You know, so if a field needs a break every seven years, then the pastor needs a break every seven years. I don't think that that's um, exegetically honest. Not that he meant to be dishonest. I don't think that I'm not making that charge at all. I think he's I think he uh, I don't know him or anything like that. I just don't think I think you're grasping at straws at that point. I think pragmatism comes into play. Wisdom comes into play. Prudence comes into play as far as how often and how pastors should take sabbaticals. Not, I don't think that there's necessarily biblical evidence for, for that, and that's okay. Like if we know scientifically that, um, in this job or this this field, that you know, look at look at um, professors and people like that, that they need sabbaticals every so often. Um, that's fine. That's fine with me taking those things, but let's not make a biblical case when the biblical case just isn't there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Uh, as we as we think about it, sort of the spiritual and the emotional, the physical, they all kind of come coalesce there in sort of your emotional state, the spiritual and the physical in so many ways. And I think one of the things a pastor can do there is to not let himself be alone. Uh, to Because it's, it's really easy, especially for like, I, I think of somebody like me, it's really easy for me to kind of crawl into a shell and because I'm I'm pretty introverted, and to and I think the pastor the pressures of pastoral ministry are such, and the light and the lifestyle is such that it's really conducive to becoming walled off from other people. Um, I think you because you 
tend to put up some emotional barriers and and issues of, of trust and everything. And and so finding a person, and a lot of times I think it may be a person, it'll probably even be a person who's outside your local church. Uh, Clayton Blackstone does a great job. He's got a lot of really good insight and thoughts on that on, on this particular issue. Um, it'd be really good to have him as a as a guest sometimes mm. if we could work that out. But he, you know, he just talks about, and I, I'm trying to find the phrase that he uses here. It's kind of a um, interesting phrase. Something about having somebody walking around in your soul in their stocking feet. I think. Is oh yeah, phrase. yeah. I know what and, you're talking about. And um, I think it's a really, just a really good, um, a good idea to have those people whom you can share with. Mm-hmm. You can really speak to honestly and candidly and openly without fear of judgment or reprisal. And then also to have those people who will speak honestly back into your life and, and whatever it takes to find those people. I think that's, that's such a huge thing to make sure that you have those people, um, have those people in your life and, um, and really be willing to have those, those conversations, those hard conversations, and to have someone who's willing, who loves you enough to come alongside and ask hard questions and probe in deep places. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at, and I mean, um, Clayton's article is just so good. I'm just looking at this briefly on page four. He, he writes about, and, and this speaks to me, and this speaks to, I mean, most churches look at this. He said that, uh, in fact, the congregation I served encouraged it without knowing they encouraged it, meaning his his uh, his work ethic. They applauded my 60-hour work weeks and constant availability. They didn't know any better, and neither did I. And he later goes on to write just around his 40th birthday. He said, I'd read about midlife crisis but never imagined I would experience it until it struck with a vengeance. Energy dissipated. Creativity dried up. The desire to spend time with people vanished. I almost wanted to give up coffee. Now that last one, giving up coffee, Clayton, if you're listening, that's when you know things are bad, right? <laughs> when you want to give up coffee, but joking aside, I mean, I read that article. I had to reread it three or four times and um, I'm cognizant of being a young guy, right? And knowing I have all the energy in the world and I can, I can really work myself to death and, and knowing them 30 years old and 40s only 10 years away and seeing how that could happen. Um, I totally get that because I go through bouts where I'm exhausted and, and it's, you know, not a long period of time, but sometimes you get into this mode of having to get everything done. You don't care how long it takes you to get these tasks done that you forget to, I think, take a Sabbath rest. And I, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I've yet to describe my view of, um, I'm kind of a Sabbatarian in a sense. And I think that's important for us to honor God on the Sabbath to, I think it's a gift to us in that he can, um, that he gives us this time of rest and honor to him for our own good. And I just, I think that pastors, including myself are the ones who break that commandment the most. And I think that we need to get back to, to honoring that. And that's a way that we can really care for ourselves, um, both spiritually, physically, and mentally. Um, taking an actual Sabbath rest. And and that might not be on Sundays when we're preaching because that can be preaching and being around people on Sunday can often be the most energy draining for a lot of pastors um, because you're pouring yourself out. And um, 
so I think taking a day during the week for that to be your Sabbath rest, that can be very important. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, finding those times to rest is huge. And, but rest, not just physically, but sort of to be able to unplug uh, emotionally, you know, what it may be turn off your phone, don't go on social media, those sorts of yeah, things, yeah. just being able to, to really unplug. So I think that's, that's huge. And, it, yeah. and it is, even if you're only able to unplug for three or four hours, yeah, that that can be be huge, but it requires it requires a lot of self discipline to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Well, I read something yesterday about how ninety percent of people in the United States keep their phones within three feet twenty four hours a day. Mm. And then I noticed, and I thought through my day, and I said, "Legit, my phone has been within arm's reach since I forever." Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that just says a lot about how we how we're trying to stay connected to everything and that's definitely not healthy it's definitely not healthy so so justin who should help the pastor care for himself well i think you know obviously in a church setting i think that's something that's really incumbent upon church leadership of, of at least at the I mean, I guess the pastor himself really has that responsibility. But if you think about other than that, I think church leadership is huge. Uh, the willingness of, of, again, whether they're deacons or elders, however your church is set up, to just be willing to make that a point in your regular conversations with your pastor and actually probe and, and ask how how he's doing, but then even make it kind of, forcing him into maybe one of these rela- a relationship like this. I, that's, I don't like that word. That's, my, that's not the best choice of words, but really encouraging. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. The pastor to, to engage and to find these people who can speak into his life with candor and openness and whom he feels comfortable sharing with. I, I think that's, if you can be that person for your pastor, great. I, I think it's difficult in a lot of churches for that to happen though. So, but always make yourself available to your pastor. If, uh, if, if they need to talk that you're there, if they need to just vent that you're there and that, uh, that they can do that with number one, a, a confidence that it, it'll be confidential, a confidence that it'll be, that it's not going to be shared, but then also a confidence that there won't be reprisals from it, that, that they just, that, you know, they understand it's a safe space to, to talk. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some people process their emotions verbally, others don't. Uh, and so it's part of it is getting to know your pastor and, and how, how, they, how they express themselves and articulate their feelings. So mm-hmm. and that, that requires work, right? I mean, that requires spending time together. So I, I feel like that really falls to the, to the deacons and elders and whoever leadership in the church is. Hey, Justin, I, I'm curious, and, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot, but I, I wrote this down as ways that we could uh, make sure the pastor cares for himself. And I actually had these thoughts, and I don't remember if I ever talked to you uh, about this, but last year when I submitted my ministerial report, mm-hmm. um, is that a place where we could, because I know there's a lot of questions on there, what are you reading and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, are there questions that we could ask that might get more to where a pastor is at spiritually, emotionally, and physically as far as their care. So just kind of seeing where they are, you know, even knowing 
like, hey, how many times this year have you written a resignation letter and just not turned it in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or we, you know, so it's interesting. Uh, we do have a couple of questions, like on the annual ministerial report, there are a couple of questions on there that ask, uh, I can't remember precisely, it was like, what was your greatest joy in the year? What was your greatest struggle? Something like that. So we, yeah. we kind of pressed that a little bit. But it's uh, one of the things I remember so just vividly because it was such a stern rebuke uh, that that we actually had a pastor right in there how those how inappropriate those questions were on in a in a forum like this and um and that we you know we hadn't taken the time to invest in relationship and and all these different things and i understood its point but it, you know i was still like wow you know we're we're doing our best to try to help and and then we just you know just kind of got got slapped back pretty hard for that and so i guess that just goes to show that some people are comfortable and we do have pastors and, and we do read all those reports and we try to respond where it's appropriate for us to respond to things and but you know but some people just aren't comfortable in that forum because they're like who's this go to who sees this and i get that yeah totally you know, who's this going to be shared with and so while we do ask questions like that we generally don't get a ton of real substantive responses and it's probably for those reasons because it's there really become issues of of trust and confidentiality and things like that yeah i, I totally get that man i, I wonder because i was talking about this with someone else around that time again i don't remember if i ever talked to you about it but just if we had some sort of survey that went out to pass maybe it's an anonymous survey and whatnot because I think, I think if I went to my congregation and said a lot of things I felt, you know, say I'm feeling exhausted, say I'm feeling this and whatnot, a lot of people might say, well, you can just get over it. Like I got to get over that in my own, in my own work and, and whatnot mm -hmm. and, and not really be too worried about it. And then, and then kind of throw their hands up in the air when someone resigns or fall, falls into moral failure. Um, so I wonder if having statistics and saying, okay, out of, because I know you have, you have the statistics down uh, as to our demographics of pastors, right? Mm -hmm. and so I think that having some sort of uh, demographic as far as where pastors at, like I know you you know how many people are within retirement age, but do you know how many plan on retiring at retirement age and why? You know, do you have people who you know stuff to say? Do you think um, just kind of see where they at, are at and see how many? Because it might be really enlightening for for our churches to, to see, okay, well, what would we do if we found out that 79% of our pastors were dealing with depression? What would they right. find? What would they do if they found out that more than half of our pastors have had suicidal thoughts in the last 12 months? You know, yeah, right, right. And you're just making those statistics up just for clarity. We, yes, we don't yep. know that stuff. They're yeah, just no, we don't. We don't. I, yeah. Um, but I think so. Do we know specifically as a denomination? No, we don't. But there have been a lot. There's some really good research out there, uh, places like Barna, Lifeway, who have done research on these sorts of things. And so they really do have a pulse on on where pastors are and what pastors struggle with. So I think there, there's definitely uh, um, non, the non-March journal is a really um, they have a really good issue out right now on pastoral burn on pastoral burnout. I was thinking about sharing that with you the other day. Yeah, it's yeah. really really good. Uh, they is. they have some really good articles in there, and it's they do a neat thing. Uh, they have one pastor writes, 
um, basically I was burned out and I stepped away from ministry. Here's why and here's what happened. And then the second one, I was burned out, but I didn't stay step away from ministry. And here's why and here's what happened. And and it, those are really helpful. And there's a lot of really good stuff out there like that. Um, and I was really impressed with that that issue. It was, it was it had some really I think pragmatic helpful things, mm-hmm. but I think it also gave voice to a lot of things that a lot of pastors are struggling with. And, and maybe they know they're struggling, but they can't they can't give words to it. They can't give it a name. And I think that was a really good issue. So you can if you're interested in that, you can just go to uh, the number nine marks and look at their journal. It's free to get online. And it's a really it's a really great issue on, on, on that. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah um, so I definitely encourage people with that. And. Again, those statistics were made up, but I think it would really boggle people's minds if they realized the things that their pastors were going through and the struggles. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe what we'll do is maybe we find some of those stats with Barna and try and put those out as like an article on on AC Voices, and because I think that'd be I think that'd be very helpful to not to you know you just want to open people's eyes up so that they can better care for their pastor and and maybe ask the question, hey, how are you doing? And are you are you struggling? And if so, mm-hmm. what can we do? Maybe, you know, maybe it's not the extreme of uh, what many people would consider extreme of giving someone three to six months off uh, mm-hmm. for a sabbatical. Maybe that is what's required. Um, I'm not discounting that, but maybe it's giving them a couple of extra weeks. Like, hey, why don't you just go take take two weeks? And like, I've known churches to pay for vacations for the pastor, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, because of financial need that the family might have. So do something, do something like that, you know, and, and that could be of, of so much help, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, and really, it just really is about being willing to invest. And I think so often we get into this mindset that the pastor's there to serve us and to minister to us. And we forget that we're equally there to minister to him mm-hmm. and his family. So I think it's a huge I think I think I learned something when I was in the army in leadership and that you, if you are the leader and you're constantly caring for your people, that your people will carry out the mission appropriately and they'll care for you as well. Um, and I found that to be true in the army. I, at times, I found that to be true in ministry. So it hasn't been a one you know, one to one correlation. I think that you'll find some of those people who will still try and take care of you. I think that as the church, if you try and take care of your pastor, they're only going to work harder for you. They're only going to um, be there for you more. And, and I think that's a benefit to all parties. So, Jay Nash, I think I think we beat this uh, subject to death. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Uh, and again, I would just so encourage pastors take care of yourselves, but congregations take care of your pastors. There's tons and tons of good resources out there uh october is pastor appreciation month i don't know when this actually will roll out but but probably two octobers from now because it takes forever but uh but we we have um a resource that we're just mailing out today or tomorrow for pastor appreciation month it's just a little uh nice little piece that tells you ways you can take care of your pastor uh, daily or, or annually during October. So I would encourage you, there's tons of great resources out there. Google is your friend in this, and there's just so many things. But however you take care of them, please take care of them. 
pastors are vital. They are essential to the thriving of Christ's church in the world, mm-hmm. and we need them. And a lot of them are suffering and suffering to the point that they're that they're leaving ministry. And there's a lot of good people who have stepped out of ministry just because of the the fatigue of it. And so, in uh, a lot of times, they're their own worst enemies. And so sometimes we just have to help them, help pastors to to not be that and mm-hmm. come alongside of them and 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 love them and care for them and sometimes even give them some direction. To... Hey Justin, I just want to thank you and uh, and your communi- communication department staff, Kara Brock, Meredith Broadway, Donna Martin, and Helen. Is it Hagler? Hagler, yes, it is. Hagler. Oh, I got it right. Yeah. All right. So um, thank you to the five of you um, for the hard work that you guys have put into uh, at least this most recent recent AC Witness uh, publication. It is terrific. It is on caring for our pastors. Um, you can get that. You can email Justin at jnash at acgc.us, and, or you can call him and make sure that when you call, there will be a nice, wonderful lady who will answer the phone, and um, she'll ask you who you'd like to be connected to. Just be sure to ask to be connected to Grandmaster Flash, Justin Nash. And then when he answers the phone, just yell, Jay Nash! And you will get a year's subscription of the AC Witness, not for $16, but for $12. That's less money, I believe, if you're a new subscriber. So uh, I thank you, AC Witness, for offering that. By AC Witness, I mean Justin. So it's coming out of his paycheck. So I really appreciate uh, his donation of that. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll try to do better next time. Hopefully, we're going to stick up the joint. God bless. Take care. Boom!